Do you have a website you might want to sell either now or in the future? We have a hungry list of cashed up and trained up buyers that want to buy your content website. If you have a site making over $300 per month and want to sell it, head to buyingonlinebusinesses.co forward slash sell your business or email us at info at buyingonlinebusinesses.com because we will likely have a buyer. Details are in the description. Jeff, you're back. Mate, welcome back. It's so good to chat to you. What's happening, Jared? How are you? I'm really good. good. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. Just a a wild ride in the world of content and search in 2023. And every day is something new. Every day my my laundry list gets longer and longer and longer. Things I wish I could be in the know of. I am... Hold hold that thought because we're about to just go down a big rabbit hole with that. Um, but I just want to say for everybody listening, um, Jeff has been on the podcast before and you've also been on our summits, our online summits. Um, after our first podcast we did together was episode 82. We're up to 228 now. Uh, and that, that episode was how to buy and build content websites with you. So, guys, I'll link to that in the show notes. I think it's such a, a pillar, um, you know, piece of content there you guys should listen to. Go back, check that out. But, Jeff, I wanted to get you back on because we had, we've had some good chats after recording even on the online summits in, in, in the last few years and a lot's happened. And 2023, what a whirlwind time, um, especially with this, this AI conversation going on. And I'm, I'm huge in the camp of trying to allow people to not rip their hair out and just de-stress themselves by understanding where we're at with it and how, how it can be helpful, but not to, not to get too distracted in a sense. And then I was looking at guests that um, I've had on the pod people that I enjoy talking to that have dropped some absolute bombs, knowledge bombs, and you came up and I was like, let's, and then I saw that you guys at Market Muse have uh, some AI software thing that you're embedding and integrating with it. And I, I just emailed you and you're like, how did you even know that we were going to do this? <laughs> uh, and um, Yeah. So tell me, tell me, you know, where do we, where do we begin? Uh, I got so many questions, but where, where, where do you think we should start? Well, I, I think that there's a few things that I, that come to mind with your, you know, with your audience, and I, you know, I love your site and your the podcast, and I'm always thinking about buying and selling, um, you know, podcasts and how what's going through the minds of buyers and what's going through the minds of sellers, and so I really do want to get into the details and the thought that I've had on site valuations, things to look for, all of that, and through the lens of this massive disruption mm. the ai disruption um but you know just in the short stroke you know from a market muse perspective we a couple of years ago we've always been an artificial intelligence first company so our core technology what we have patents on from you know 2013 to 15 is an ai technology it's a branch of artificial intelligence called atopic modeling graph theory applications of machine learning, where we can basically determine what it means to be an expert on a concept. That was the core of what we built. So if you say, what does it mean to be an expert on, you know, 
any concept, any specific, you know, thing you'd be looking for. Um, you know, I'm looking at your uh, at your surfboard in the background. So, you know, what's the difference between a, a, a three skeg uh, surfboard and a four skeg surfboard, right? Yeah. You know, like, how do you, what, what were the things that would be included if you were covering that particular intent and writing that? What other content would you need? You'd probably need to know about surfing. You'd probably have to know content about shapes of boards, materials, sizes, how, you know, expertise, skill development, you know, you go through that market muse goal is to provide a site owner who wants to establish expertise and exhibit that expertise with the content with all the things they need to build, whether it's how to update one page, or what is the next 100 pages I need to write? Yeah, that's always been our mission, right? So a couple of years ago, we launched a large language model solution called Market Muse first draft, and it was the industry's first generation technology. And this is the fun part because it failed miserably <laughs> because it was too early, it was too expensive, but the quality is better mm. than what you can get even today out of um, ChatGPT 3.5 Turbo, which it would be the prevailing API in OpenAI. If you're a ChatGPT Plus customer, you can get access to four right now, GPT-4. Mm. Um, there is now more than 40 open source large language models that anyone can get access to very simply that are all at that level or higher. But when we were building that a couple of years ago, it would cost 20 to $30 to generate one model, one page, right? Yeah. And we were like, okay, so... If you're running a business, we have to charge a hundred bucks for that. Nobody was ready to buy a page of content that was generated for a hundred dollars. Yeah. And now you can do it for fractions of fractions of a penny. So where we're at today is we've got to be thinking about how to keep humans in the loop when the price of generation and the price of response is the way that I like to think about it. You can get information the price of that response is fractions of a penny. And that's the world we're in. So I think setting the standard for like, set the framework for, hey, it is, everything we talk about can be done and it can be done for an unimaginably low price. Mm. So now everyone has to change the way they think about costs of content, costs of websites, the cost basis just just imploded because it's not the fact that the unit cost did it's that we now need to think differently about the true costs that go in so where in the past we might have been thinking that a page costs x dollars now we're realizing that the actual content on the page wasn't the all-in costs and us not thinking critically about those costs has actually set us behind what what do we what do we what am i talking about opportunity costs costs to edit cost to publish cost to promote cost to interlink all these other costs had previously been engulfed in this the price i paid to my writer so the true cost of contents now coming in yeah you mean it's we're realizing that to get the content created is a lot cheaper 
and the real costs of everything else is, oh, it's getting more attention now because we've solved one problem in the pipeline with cheaper cheaper to create content, right? Yeah, so, so the market for humans to create page of crappy content <laughs> is gone yeah and that that over the course of the last nine months went from a thriving business to invisible yeah and the impacts of that is tremendous disruption and it's the it's the type of disruption nobody really wants to talk about too because it's the purchase of a low quality raw material right mm -hmm. and nobody wants to talk about that right um and so th when that can be replaced, an entire industry changes overnight. So if you were ahead of that, you were thinking, okay, what managed services can I provide? How can I improve this? But you're starting to see the, the trickling of the impacts of that. Mm. And people are realizing that beautiful content, when it's written by somebody who really knows what they're talking about, is way more wow. than wow. 10x 70x yeah. more valuable mm. and that that gap between the what can be generated and what a person with true experience can produce may be getting smaller but the gap between what a, a low quality writer and the generation there is no gap anymore and that's that mind shift mm. that nobody really knows the impacts of that because we're, we're in the middle of that disruption. Yeah. I think there's two, two different uh, types of people. And I don't want to categorize everybody because there's people that play in between. <laughs> but what, <laughs> yeah, what, I, what I see is there's people that were getting low-quality content written by um you know virtual assistants and writers and stuff like that mm -hmm. and publishing it uh and now they can do that with a tool and they're still going down that path versus people that are actually winning as bloggers and content site owners are the ones and we because i see this all day, every day, when a site goes up for sale that somebody's built yep. to sell and they've just tried to rank for keywords and just put content on the page, uh, on multiple pages at volume of like. I've seen sites with like, not that we need to use uh, metrics, but 800 articles, 800 posts, 800 pages on the site with a DR or an authority score around like the eight. It's like how... Like, what have you even done? You've just wasted a lot of time and a lot of money and not provided any value. And I think there's a lot of people I'm hoping in that camp that are realizing now since ChatGPT has been, you know, available for what, five, six months or something, a um, bit longer, uh, that they've published a lot of that stuff at Velocity and Google's like, cool, we'll rank you quickly to see if it's to test to see if that page is any valuable and quickly seeing it's not valuable and then tank the site. And I'm hoping a lot of people are understanding now the value of human beings. It, it, it's an odd paradox, right? Yeah. It's this dream of, uh, and, and, and that's where, so I mean, I think it's also worthwhile for the your listeners um, 
the the two minute explanation so that you don't fall into a rabbit hole I'm seeing everyone fall into. Mm. And it is chat GPT is is a type it's an exhibition of AI, but large language models and chat GPT isn't AI. <laughs> right? It's not the, they're not equivalent. One is a thing that exists and I I might sound like I'm 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 t- talking, you know, some, you might be sitting there like, "Jeff, I know that." But yeah. a lot of folks Done. Okay, this was the most massive democratization of an of a premature early stage product that we've experienced, Jared, in our lifetimes. Mm. This is the biggest product management gaffe that we've ever that the world in of technology has ever experienced mm. it was the instant democratization of a concept called ai the first time that 90% of our world right who cares about this got access to ai was this thing yeah. so they equate AI, ai is this thing yeah correct and and so what that's when you see these people gawking, and I'm not classifying these people, like you said, there's two types of people. Right? When you see a person saying, oh, it can't do complex math, AI can't do complex math, wrong, AI can do complex math. That particular software product that you're using that you have access to cannot. But, for example, Google has an entire team working on a product called Minerva. It does complex college, university level mathematics, mm. right? Stuff that would blow your mind. You know, there are branches of AI that can solve your problem. So when you think, oh, this thing I have access to can't do this, there probably is something that somebody's working on that can. Don't say, just because this thing I have access to can't do it, it can't be done. It can be done. Most likely it's in the process of being done. So, for everybody thinking critically about that is top priority for me because like you're not beholden to only use chat gpt you yeah. there are so many different ways so what i like to tell people and I, this is something that i'm i'm really advocating for is do a pro, do a personal process inventory everything you do manually in your business it can be improved by artificial intelligence today in a way that you wouldn't believe it. It sounds like a big elephant to eat. I mean, it, it does. Break it down by little little baby pieces mm. and you might not solve all of them, but start to like, ask, ask somebody, ask somebody who you think is a peer. Email me, jeff at marketmuse.com, right? And say, is there a, something that is solving this problem right now with artificial intelligence, right? We probably can point you in the right direction. There's also the idea of the extinction of the if-then statement, mm. the extinction of business logic. So while you're doing this process, anytime you have business rules that are simple, if the prospect is from Australia, call, respond to that lead in four minutes, right? Anytime you've got if-then statements, it can be improved. Yeah. Because so these are the biggest things. People's brains are, you know, not ready for this disruption. The disruption and the wave of artificial intelligence, every type of business, every type of software 
is about to either be swept away like a wave and eliminated or completely disrupted. Where a business that doesn't embrace this and get on a path to migration will be obsolete. And, and we're not talking about a decade. We're talking about two to three years at best. And in some of these cases and in industries, you're talking about months. Mm. Imagine you're a two cent, three cent content provider. Months. And you do not, you no longer have a sellable product. Yeah. Right? You have to pivot, pivot or die. There's going to be a lot of pivot or die industries that we can't even predict right now. So be thinking about that. Yeah, especially in our world of content creation and optimization. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's tools that I have been looking at um, just for helping us with content creation. And I think the way to, like you, you mentioned, look at one part of your business, like because everything can, can be more efficient. Right. In a way, it's funny that people think, all right, AI is the answer. It's not the answer, and I've repeated this on multiple podcasts now, but it is a helpful tool to allow you to decrease a system or a process um, and make it more productive and have your team spend less time on it. Do you still need your team for quality assurance? F, yes. Hell, yes. You need More than ever. More than ever <laughs> because – and you're really by having that quality assurance, you're going to set yourself apart because a lot of people are going to throw that out. Like, cool, I don't need my assistant. Oh, I don't need this person anymore. And that's what they're thinking of doing is is saving money and time. When reality is, they're going to have a inferior product in terms of content compared to a lot of people. And the way I like to think about it is that look at one system or one process in your business, and it could be around content creation. It could be around something else. And then see if you can find a tool that can help you, keyword, help you, help or help the assistant or the person that's working in that role do that task to make their task or their time more productive. And also ask them, hey, if I buy this tool, do you, how much time do you think you will save? And how much better do you, how much better do you think you could put, you could make this uh, piece of content or this you know how much better could you could it be and ask them and instead of just going yep yeah, cool i've just found this tool that's going to fix it and just buy it use it and it's just you're, you're spitting out crap because that's what i'm seeing people do is um, and it's scary it's scary for their businesses oh it's, it, it, it's the ultimate so what happens when there's a massive amount of supply right yeah. on something like this yeah the governance of it becomes the initial shots on this become very heavy handed. So if there's going to be regulatory outcomes and in, in the form of Google penalization or being very strict on it, the heavy handedness and the, and the mistakes are going to come now. Yeah. Right. So what does that, what does that mean? And they're already coming. And, and this, already, I've already seen it play oh, out. It's crazy. Oh, it's already playing out. The reviews, the reviews stuff has been, they, they, they were getting ahead of it. And now it's all kinds of reviews. Yeah. I saw a travel review site um, the other day and none of the, per the person clearly never went to any of the places they were. Pro <laughs> I mean, if you, if you read, if you really know the places, yeah. I mean, I, one of the, they, they were actually, I read, they had an article about Jacksonville, Florida, which is where I live right now. 
Um, and I was like, they've never actually been here. It was, like, it, they actually, I'm an AI yeah. and I created a travel destination on the 15 best things to do in Jacksonville uh, or Jackson yeah. Hole. And, you know, uh, I'm an AI, but I can't experience right. oh, it. Was, I'm an AI. You've never actually, <laughs> yeah, you've never actually been here. And there was, there was a key point of why I could tell they weren't actually here. Right. Mm. But that's the problem, right? That's, and that's the search engines problem. It's the, the litmus test on authenticity is hard to verify. It's really hard challenge. That's their problem when there's fraud, right? But let's just say this. If you try to get away with fake authenticity and then you get caught, mm. the, the hammer isn't going to be a hammer. It's going to be a, a, a the biggest hammer you've it's gonna be thor's hammer and it's gonna hit you in the face and if you're a baby site if you're a little site if you're you know if you're a mid mid market site you get hit by the hammer you ain't coming back imagine if you're a big brand so if you're if you're running all all home robotic vacuums dot info right okay well guess what you go you buy robotic vacuums for me dot com and you try again mm-hmm I've seen that. I've seen a lot of the touts online. That's their business. Mm-hmm. If one of the sites gets exploded, they go run another. But if you're working for Dyson or you're working for a publisher and the hammer comes down. Gone. Uh-oh. That, you, can, you can do some serious damage. So that's where I'm seeing agencies give advice to real brands on how to like completely put them at risk. Yeah. Um, big publishers. Big publishers already. Clean in-house. On people making bad choices, um, that's because, I mean the amount of that's an unfortunate thing is because uh, content agencies like that have their way, right. which is built out from the last three years on their process and their systems and what the team's trained in and how it works for them, and it's a one size right. fits all approach. One size fits all approach is not how you grow any business. Yeah, I mean you couldn't be, you couldn't be uh, so. I like to say it's the Right now is it's the rise of the subject matter editor, subject matter expert editor. Yes, they're the most valuable human Correct. in the room. Yeah, and your content needs to be both authentic, and here's the trick. I just came up with this one. It's authentic and authenticatable. Yes, yes, you can actually okay. see that they're in the industry, in the niche, and yep. by multiple pieces of data on the internet, right? Like. Facebook, Instagram, other publications. Or if they're a journalist, yeah. yeah. Or if they're a journalist or if they have that skill, the reference of how the information was acquired mm-hmm. makes sense. Because, mm. I mean, I'm uh, – so I own a beer brewery. Okay. So I'm most may, 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 may people know that. Yeah. So I'm really into beer. Yeah. I'm also – I've been doing ad servers, search engine optimization, product management, everything you could possibly imagine. That relates to, you know, software. If I go write a post about beer and brewing, I actually have experience in most of those things, right? I have, I, I can wax it, right? Um, if I were to write an article about um, being a lab technician in a water treatment facility, <laughs> okay, 
It's adjacently topic related. I've never actually worked in a water treatment facility. Yeah. I could try, you know, I could probably get there. And I'm saying this because water treatment is a topic one cares about in the beer industry, mm. right? Mm. You, we, I've, I've sent, I've sent water out for analysis. I've tested water myself, but I've never actually sat in the chair as a technician. Mm-hmm. All right. So, I might be able to build a content item that tells the story of expertise. Maybe it makes sense how I would get that point of reference, but I've never actually been in the chair, mm-hmm. right? I may be able to write about human resources software, but I've never run a payroll, right? These are the things that are going to start cranking and being authenticatable. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, the proof's going to be in the pudding. Your early stage awareness, consideration, purchase content, your support content, you know, it's going to have to all make sense that you wrote it. And that's coming. Like, I'm already starting to see it. Reviews is the first hammer. I mean, and it's been a bad one. If you didn't actually review that dog food, if you don't have that dog chomping down on those food and that food, um, and you're like, yes, and this comes in small bits and it has a chicken flavor. <laughs> like, <laughs> guess what? You, you see ya. I mean, it, it, it's not going to last forever. Some of these big brands are still getting away with it. I was yeah, talking it's... to a big brand and I told, I told them a year ago that one, I'm not going to say which one or which site. I said, this article gets $129,000 a month mm. in affiliate clicks. Mm. One page. And I said, it's your worst page. Ooh. And y'all haven't been, you haven't wanted to touch it because you're so afraid to touch it. I said, if you don't touch that page, one day you're going to call me crying because it's gone. And I told them exactly why. And guess what? They didn't touch it. Mm. They were so afraid. And guess what? It's gone. Yeah, that's <laughs> Yeah, and that's a that's a decent that's a decent paycheck just gone off from one page, you know. And I have this example that I like to share with million my, bucks, million bucks a year. Yeah, million was bucks a big page. Year. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like I have this example that I share with uh, people that I do coaching and one on one coaching with, mm-hmm. and in my mastermind. And I say to them, if you've got if your goal is to learn how to be is is to is to catch a certain fish and be a certain fisher person and Mm -hmm. you've got um you've got to go get a fishing rod right so you type into google you know the best fishing rods to buy to catch i don't know marlin and you go to two different sites one one page is 15 Amazon links to 15 of the best uh, marlin fishing rods in 2023. And then the other page, and that's that's written by somebody that has no, no, nothing on the author section down the bottom and there's, there's no real uh, person who runs the page that you can see that they're into fishing. And then you've got another site that you go to and it's not the 15 best fishing rods from Amazon. It's the two best marlin fishing rods and the person who wrote the article is an expert in marlin fishing and he's got videos of him using both of the different rods, snapping one, one staying in intact, him catching actual marlin with the rods, showing it actually works, social proof. If I'm going to buy a fishing rod, 
which one, which, which review one? and which rod am I going to buy? Because I'm the human being on Google searching it. Let's be honest, right? Let's be real. If you are the owner of a content site and you have the 15 best fishing rods in 2023 without any, without it written or tested or used, how, how <laughs> I'm still amazed that Google has not wiped that out completely already. Oh, it's, it's, it, it's if it's not part of a solar system of content that tells the story that you actually do know how to catch a marlin <laughs> and you can get to it. And, 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 and honestly, I, I was, I was actually, cause we're building some AI, uh, some ways of processing our site level inventory data. So I was actually profiling a friend of mine's site. Um, speaking of at, at a mastermind retreat a couple weeks ago, mm. and I'm not going to dox them either, but the site, it, basically the, the evaluation by my system was you've been too heavily focused on middle of the funnel content with low expertise. All the clearly that's it. You haven't focused. And, th and this is very relevant to what you just said. So um, Marlon Fisherman, what types of content would somebody who is really into that likely produce? Skill development content, mm. right? Yep. Um, experiential content, right? Well, that site about the, the fishing poles has no content about, you know, different ways to, you know, troll lengths. I'm making this up. I have, I have no knowledge of uh, tra trawling, trawling lengths and, uh, you know, the, the, the line weights, uh, the types of steel, you know, that's as far as I can get, right? <laughs> you don't um, better in than this, me. <laughs> in this, I did, did all right, right? You know, uh, you know uh, how a rockfish might take your halibut lines yeah. if you don't watch it, right? Yeah. Um, uh, that's a real thing that happened to me when I was in Alaska one time. Rockfish took my halibut Rockfish. Line. Is um, that the same as a stonefish? Yes. Yeah. yeah. The one I caught had like two different colored eyes. It was really freaky. And they're very you can look it up, right? They're weird looking. Yeah, <laughs> they look. They're like sea. You know, in U.S. we have sea robins on the East Coast. They look horrible. It's basically the uh, the beautiful, uh, you know, Pacific Ocean, Alaska rockfish. But like, only an expert would know that, right? Yep. And if you don't have any of that, if you don't have any skill development, it's you're only there. Your purpose. You are a grand arbitrager. Yeah, it's, it's wild to think that people still are just going to find writers that can just write rather than going to find mm -hmm. writers that like have actual experience in the space and, and hiring them based on actually I like how much knowledge you've got versus this other person who may have been in the space for two years and you've been in the space for 10 years. Hire your writer based on that, not on can you write an article most people that study the English you went to school can write so why not hire somebody that has more experience and provable experience on the web as not as not even a writer right you could use market muse to help get some content created but use them as just the editor like the quality assurance to make that piece of content far superior than anybody else's because you've got that person who's in the space as eyeballs on it yeah you almost have to say an expert has reviewed this and at, 
I don't even like the review only. Mm. Checked it for you know. Okay, it's good enough, right? I want I want them to bring Career. something to it. Yeah, yeah. I want them to bring personal narrative. Mm-hmm. I want them to bring a a story to it. I want you know. I want them to have done a, a, a real conscious developmental edit, or maybe they did an interview with someone at the company who isn't a writer mm-hmm. but has that expertise, right? Because, um, you know, and those need to be meets minimums. It's so cool. You know, I'll use this is an analogy. I'll I'll, I'll use and it, it. You made me think about this one, um, but it's it's what everybody needs to be thinking about for their business. The one of the first implementations of natural language generation, which is this field of AI. You know, you know there was some before. Not a, we don't need to do a history lesson. There's a podcast of me doing a history lesson on this. I'll, I'll send it to you <laughs> if anyone wants to listen. Link it. Yeah. Um, but one example, Washington Post, they had a product called internal product called Heliograph. And it was one of the first NL natural language generation AI solutions that was publishing articles. And I love this example. First of all, it was what inspired me to build in the space. This Hearing the the head of AI talk about this years, you know, 2016, 17. Um, But they had a real business problem they were solving. They couldn't cover all the events in the Olympics and they couldn't cover all the elections. State, local government. They were only covering like 10% of the Olympics. They were only covering like 5% of all the elections. And this software allowed them to cover all the elections and all the events fairly with a minimum level of quality, right? And it couldn't be templated because there's, you know, judo, for example, has two bronze medals. So you have to, you know, it can't just be ifs and thens, right? Yeah. And so they had to build something that was better. And elections can be all over the place. A local mayoral election may have 30 candidates, right? You can't program, you know, just having two parties or something like that, right? So it had to be pretty sophisticated. But when they were done, the editorial team felt amazing. Because they were able to focus on being creative mm-hmm. and they there was never a feeling like, oh my gosh, we, we missed a bunch of people, right? Yeah. So my thought process here for every company, and it's why I advocate for the process inventory, is you got to find your Olympics. You got to find your elections. Yeah. What aren't you do? What aren't you doing today? So the Marlin Fisherman site where the whole they've been producing you know top 10 rods top 10 rods that are 10 feet 16 feet 100 dollars 200 well focus your energy on actually going fishing and writing about it on skill development on being creative yeah and the magical combination of those two things that's what is going to be valuable and so i love the idea of First of all, the low quality content as a product going away, but it's also, it's about finding your why. Why are you doing this in the first place? And if, okay, cool. You've been making money, FBA site, sweet. Well, this is the time to figure out how to build a foundation because you've been living on a house of cards. Mm. You might be able to build, and the, the foundation can be of creativity and expertise and just awesomeness. And you'll spend the same amount of money because the other stuff is, you know, just no longer an asset. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it's just 
the way you explain find your Olympics and mm-hmm. be passionate about it. Like for me, if I'm gonna, if I was to create a site from scratch, um, mm-hmm. it would be about surfing, and oh, cool. I would absolutely love it. Just froth out on it, and I would cover all the topics, um, and it would be, you know. I would make it into the best site on how to become a surfer um, and how to get better. And the the stories that I have, the quality of content, the level of passion that I would pour into it, people aren't, you know, I don't, I don't care about just views. I care about people that are coming back and I care about their journey as a surfer. I'm not just, short-term minded of like, I just need views and I need ad revenue and affiliate revenue. I don't care about affiliate revenue and ad revenue. The joy that I'm going to get from helping them transform their lives from becoming a better surfer because they get so much joy is going to be the valuable thing there. And the more value that I create there, the more money I'm going to make as a byproduct through ads and affiliates in the long run, digital products that I have to sell through my email list, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 with same same on um, you know I and, and you're gonna get people it's, it's kind of like what could you, what what level of expertise can you get to the page? Mm. So the talent of an editor, the talent of a content marketing strategist, isn't always writing. For a while, that people have been lost in that. Maybe you're not Jared. Maybe you're not the writer Correct. on that site. Yeah. But somebody's coming in and they're interviewing you every day. They're doing research to say, um, you know. Uh, you know, asked you about the things that we're getting from their topic analysis about, you know, why you, you know, why you would want, uh, you know, I don't know, a handle on your longboard. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, or not, right? One reason why you wouldn't is because you'll scrape the hell out of your foot. And I did that a couple of weeks ago, um, one of those silly longboard handles. Oh, yeah. But anyway, uh, oh man, it's so, it's so brutal. Um, and uh, and so you yeah, you don't need to be you don't need to be the, the writer doesn't need to be the writer right because I'll give you an example uh, we just closed the deal mid six figure content site and the owner of the business is not in it's a, it's in the musician space right the owner of the business isn't a musician but the person who uh, edits and co writes the content is a musician in that space and they absolutely love it. And the person that bought the business is going to keep that person on no matter what because they're going to have the experiences. They're the ones that are going to have the videos that they can make and the images of them and their guitar collect, guitar, whatever collection of their music, music is. And yep. um, then it's just real. Like it's, and that person <clears throat> becomes the, doesn't need to become the brand, but they can become like the most valuable person to write the content. And you can have multiple people in that as well. And the reason I say this, and I'm glad that you brought that up, is because people that are buying sites are like, well, I don't, I, I want to buy something, but I can't find something that I'm an expert in. You do not need right. to find somebody that you're, you do not need to be an expert in what you purchase in that niche. You do need to find somebody who is and can co write right. and edit. Yeah, you nailed it on the money. It's real hard to get away with longevity if you don't care about it and you yeah. don't know someone who does. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's it's like you know, art art thieves, right? 
you know, it's real easy to spot a fake. I mean, <laughs> in every in every space that I'm really into, I mean, I read so much SEO content. I can spot a I can spot a fake. I mean, I've done I've done no fewer than a thousand site migrations, and that I know that sounds insane, but wow. I mean, in one two in one two year period, I think I did two or three hundred, um, and uh, of various shapes and sizes, and you know, oh, I can spot somebody who's never actually done a migration but wrote a post about it. Mm. You better, you better believe that, right? Yes. You know, how many content strategies have we built? You know, I built an, you know multiple ad servers, search engines. I can, I know when someone understands information retrieval and when they are just talking about search engines. You know, I mean, it's like you're a surfer. You can spot if I wrote an article about surfing. Okay, I grew up on the New Jersey shore. I grew up bodyboarding, skimboarding, surfing. I every once in a while, if I wrote one and I was trying to what skill development, you could spot that I am an armchair quarterback at best. No offense, but I already knew it, by just what you've talked yeah. about in surfing already. It's funny when most people see yeah. the surfboard here and they're like, they talk. We it's it's, it's a really good talking point. Um, but yeah, but I know, I, I know, I, I know, I I'm like a. A shred of information. I can probably talk a little bit more about skimboarding because that's what I was actually good at. Mm. But surfing, come on, you know it, it's it's it, it's the type of article you'd see. And this is I'm going to use this as an example because if you were these top ten surf surfboards for big waves, small waves, right? What kinds of what kinds of early stage awareness content might you write? What's the difference between regular and goofy foot? Yeah. You know, like, like, and it's good. On, it's, you know, it's good that you mention this as well because even when you do use tools that are like answer the public and keyword generators right. and stuff like that, you can get all these keywords. Like, okay, cool, that's the most volume. I'm just going to go for that. But what is that going to look like in the journey of somebody going through the content What's anyway? It is it relevant? Exactly. You know, it's, mm-hmm. and it's the same with market muse. And I want to get some market muse. I want to, I want to chat sure. about where, how market muse is evolving. First and foremost, for people that don't know much about Market Market Muse, just just plug it a little bit and, and let us know what what are the things that you can use as a blog owner and a content site owner um, within Market Muse, and then let's let's move into where where you're going with it. Yeah, the, the way I like to think about it is site level and page level, all the workflows that go from ideation and research mm-hmm. all the way through to post publish optimization and improvement. And competitive assess everything that the content goes through that journey. And the cool thing about the way that we've built Market Muse too is every stage in that content's journey can be added to, it can be amplified by keeping a human in the loop, right? So when you're doing your research, when you're providing that ideation, when you're going from data to a data to plan. Right, we're going to be building some automated plans in the future, so we can actually say, based on what you've written, you know, you're not covering skill development in your surfing site. You're just, you know, so we're going to be getting into that type of of thing. You know, we've already built it. It's it's just stuff that we have to get into the software. Um, we deliver it to all of our clients. So it's ideation planning, but delivering the why for your content. Why are we building this page instead of that page? Yeah. Is there a good reason for it? And then 
we were the first person to automate a brief in software. So content briefs and outlines that you might need to deliver to a writer or have as a source of truth, constantly improving and evolving that space because the content outline from AI is now a commodity, right? You can build outlines that are okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't build great ones, but you can build pretty good ones. Good framework AI, great framework outlines. And then we have our suite of applications that work on specific workflows, um, site level cluster analysis, oh, yeah. site level quality analysis, um, competitive, who's ranking in the top 20 in search and who's, who's got good content versus bad content. And then how do I update my page to be the best page that exists from the lens of quality and expertise? And this is where I love market news with regard to expertise, right? Um, we can pull a, a topic model on a really esoteric surfing concept, a really esoteric beer concept. In that topic model will be things that me, with no knowledge of the topic, you know, I would have never thought to include that. But you, because you know, like you're like, oh yeah, that's that's obvious, right? And so the difference between an article written by an expert and someone who's not is that they they typically cover the stuff that's at the top of the topic model, the obvious stuff, and they don't get into the stuff in the middle and the bottom. Mm. Um, and when you figure out the middle and the bottom of that topic model, that's when you're showing your true differentiated expertise. So what Market Muse does is it gives you a reason why, a why should we budget this for this? It starts to get predictive, mm. and then it makes sure that the thing that you publish is differentiated and exhibiting expertise. Um, and so some of the things we're doing, we did implement a uh, chat GPT API integration into there. So you can weave in your own prompts. It's kind of fun. Uh, we're going to be doing some additional stuff with our proprietary AI um, to process our a- our own AI. We're, it's kind of meta. We're training AI to learn how to use our other AI. <laughs> um, and uh, that's that's the stuff I love. It's, it's yeah. really fun. Like I, I built a... Um, what would have previously been a 40 to 50 hour plan um, for someone the other day in 15 minutes. Um, like content. And plan. it, and it, it, it honestly, it took me about three hours to Prompted. make it beautiful yeah. Um, yeah. and ready for prime time, but three hours instead of 40. Yes. Um, yes. And a couple of the items that I identified with it, I wouldn't have thought of myself even. And I, by the way, I did both processes because I'm, you know, crazy like that. So I actually did it the hard way. And a couple of the items I wouldn't have thought of. Oh, um, so the doing it itself so, wasn't, was inferior than using the tool and then optimizing it for three hours afterwards. It, right? Well, it's, it, there were blind spots. Yeah. And so, even being an expert, you will have blind spots. Does it mean it's better or worse? When I look at it, like a blind spot to me is like, oh crap. Like yeah. you could have probably, you know, and, and so when I and look at it. And could it, factor into that as well, right? You're being biased well, yeah, towards exactly. one type of way to surf a surfboard. So I'm not going to cover yeah. other pieces of the content, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or different intents or, you know, meanings of the word that you want to exclude um you know so so there's just 
I think as a raw material creator, it it makes me like amazed, like amazed. And and so three years ago, by the way, and I'm not saying the page, but three years ago, I created a four thousand word post about something that I'm passionate in with our 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 previous AI generation product. Mm -hmm. I went in. I spent four hours weaving in a personal narrative into this article and it was all real right the thing still ranks number one four years later and i'm not touching it because it's kind of like a secret experiment on on a site but i took this this amazing framework that was built with this topic expert model and i wove in a lot of real talk only somebody who had been to this place and knew their stuff could possibly publish this article. And I've seen competitors come and go on this term, and I'm still sitting there, and I'm not updating the the, the date on it. Like I'm not, I'm I'm just letting it sit there. It's 2000, cool. you know, 20. Just to, I think it may be 19. Um, and because what I want everybody to realize is that it may just be your foundation builder or your scaffolding builder. The output of it and you could be better than just you. Yes. And that's okay. That's okay. And that because because it's it, it could take less time. It could take more time. But the output no matter what is if it's better consistently that's the dream. And when you're evaluating a site, you want to see you almost want to put every page through you know, a pretty rough, you know, spectrum and say, mm -hmm. none of this is built with passion. And then you might find the honey hole site, right? Which is, gosh, this person wrote a blog for six years, had no idea how to monetize it, but they really care about this topic. Yeah. That's my dream scenario, right? Because now, you know, so th those are my, those are the different situations, but content a content site created that doesn't exhibit expertise and does not it ooze authenticity. I'm really sorry to the listeners that have those assets. Mm. That's a depreciating asset and it's it falling faster than you can ever imagine. Especially right. in these times. And I have uh, advised people you know, when we when we teach people to buy a business, we also review their due diligence before they go and make an offer, and we we point out the risks. And if they understand the risks and they're comfortable with the risks, uh, then they can take on the business. And right. sometimes the risks are that look, this site has the traffic is not doing so well, but the content's very thin as well. Um, and the traffic, mm -hmm. just say, say the traffic's just stable and it's just like go, going right. sideways. It's not going up or down, but the content is not great and they don't have really, they don't have much EEAT. You're holding mm -hmm. this asset for, for how, and it's a risk for however long you hold that asset to a point where you actually build authority and you actually show some credibility and some real valuable content. So until, so you can bot purchase those. But it is yeah. a depreciating asset because of the landscape that where you know the search right. engines are ranking certain uh, sites and articles. 
but you can actually quickly hire somebody, get somebody on board, building that EAT, EEAT, and then also revamp some of the content. And we've done that uh, with with somebody who bought something in the in the let's just say green thumb space in the niche. Mm-hmm. It was going down, understood the risk, had a bit of seasonality, and it's just radically radically transformed mm-hmm. it. But you need to know what you're doing, and I do not recommend that to everybody. So it is better off. You, I still believe he would have been better off buying a different asset, uh, and he believes the same thing. But understood the risks at the same time. Turn it around. Stressful, stressful time. Uh, but why not? If you've got the opportunity, why not buy an asset that has that great content at the start? And sometimes people listen to this, Jeff. They don't aren't in the position they can afford to do so. Yeah, but but also though, I mean, my best acquisitions were distressed assets. Mm. Um, it's and where I saw the vision of the future. Yeah, right. And you know, I you know, and this doesn't just go, but, but it's the 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 two thousand twenty three for your listeners is the definition of a distressed asset is weird and it's new yeah a site that would have been on top of the podium two years ago as something that would be like the the, they would their prom queen Mm -hmm. right is now not even invited to the prom right so the definition of the what the distressed asset is has changed and you need to change with it so you need to say what is the um what how am i calculating this and that's really why why you know my soapbox couldn't even be bigger here jared is because content quality and expertise is what's driving value and it's it's you're not just saying that like a you know new age in a new agey way oh it's got to be great like literally the market's changing in front of our eyes and the 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 folks that get that religion as fast as possible are going to be able to assess the real value of these sites. And it's not about today's market value because people are still evolving um, or devolving. And, and it's going to be, um, you may be able to sell something for more than it's worth right now, um, but you're probably going to be overpaying if you don't consider quality and expertise in your assessments. So, And yeah, so I spot on agree with what you're saying, Jeff. And just for those who are listening now to the podcast, we ended this podcast in from now to the last two minutes. But what happened is we had a technical error uh, with Riverside and saying that we apparently couldn't um, give you the rest of the recording because you weren't connected to the internet. Uh, I'm not sure what actually happened. These guys are supposed to be the best in the business. Uh, but we lost the last sort of two minutes. And it was basically me re- me wrapping up the podcast episode and re- reaffirming with what Jeff has actually said uh, that, you know, the market's changing and you need to stay on top of things. And that's why I'm here to help people buy great assets and understand the real value of what they're worth and what they're going to be worth in the future. Uh, in saying that, uh, if you are looking at buying a business, you know, make sure you get my help, um, get my free Judon's framework. It's what I use and a lot of our clients use to help them buy sites. It's saved people millions of dollars and made people millions of dollars. So it's a really, really valuable tool. A lot of the brokers and places that 
that people list their businesses for sale have based the data that they list on the businesses for the listing based on a lot of the questions that we ask and, and set that sort of industry standard there. So it's a very valuable thing to have. Uh, if you haven't got it, buyingonlinebusiness.com forge us free resources. Now also Jeff, uh, make, sh- make sure you go check him out, uh, Market Muse, or you can just email him at jeff at marketmuse. Uh, they've got some really, really cool things in their suite of tools. I'll put a link to them in the show notes. But as always, guys, thank you for listening. Uh, I was saying towards the end of the episode that we didn't get the recordings that I don't typically ask people to share uh, this. I mean, uh, subscribe to this podcast, but I would like to start asking people to share it more because there's so much value and why don't you give the gift of giving by sharing this with somebody that already owns a content site or is going to buy one? Uh, There's so much value in this. So speak to you guys soon.